What's up, dirt bags? Welcome back to episode 188 of the Midwest Angler Podcast. Scott Sturman, Matt Deitch. What's going on, dude? Oh, it feels good to be back, man. We are back. It feels really good to be back. Uh, Sitting in this two week chair. hiatus. Yeah, it kind of was. That's a fun word. Say it. Say <laughs> it with me. Hiatus. Yeah, hiatus. hiatus. It kind of sounds like a plant. I was going to say, it's a mixture of like a plant and a dragon, I think. <laughs> I think like, I think that's like if a dragon takes a break from uh, weed in his flower garden, I think that's what, I think that's where it originally I think so too. I'm I'm pretty sure, like, I, you know, I've, I've, I've studied it, but uh, that's, that's <laughs> the best I could come up with. But uh, uh, first and foremost, uh, we'd like to give a shout out to uh, the guys that make this episode possible. Our buddies over at Dakota Angler in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, uh, Todd, uh, Josh, Todd, Josh. I, that's <laughs> not even where I was going to oh. go with it. That's but but thank you. Even <laughs> even their, even even crummy Nick, yeah. even crummy Nick. But uh, I think we need to just start like giving their dogs shout outs. That's not a bad idea, right there. Right. Yeah. It, uh, <laughs> golly, <laughs> I'm drawing a blank here now again. Josh, Josh, Josh <laughs> was out doing uh, doing some hunting the other day. Uh, sent me a couple Snapchats of that. Yep. Uh, dirty dog. I haven't been hunting yet, but uh, Todd, Josh, Nick, and the guys over at Dakota Angler. Um, you know we've said it. Uh, we've said it before, but with the changing of seasons, now's the time. Dakota Angler Ice Institute is getting really close. Yeah, getting closer every single day. It's hard to believe that it's almost October. <laughs> that means I'm having another birthday. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Well, then hopefully you can get some gift cards to the Code Angler. That's basically my plan. Basically, if you don't know what to get the fisherman or the outdoors person in your life, get them some gift cards. Those guys have them up there. Yep. Get get some gift cards. And then on top of that, use the promo code DIRTBAG at checkout. Uh, online, yep. Yep, online. Go if, if you're going in there, make fun of them. Tell them that we sent you. But do it online uh, if you can't make it in there. Use the code word uh, or promo code dirtbag, and uh, you'll save yourself a little bit extra cash. And uh, yeah. it's that time of the year too, where you know the old jig and minnow is starting to come back into play and firing those, off. Huh? You know, a lot of things are eating them, so stop in there for all your live bait needs as well too, not just your tackle needs. I mean, they got the best bait in the Upper Midwest, and that's a fact because you've tested it. You're dang right. <laughs> nope. Uh, like I, said, I can tell you who's been testing it. It's my Uncle Richard, and he's, he's been, sending been putting me some the smack pictures. Down, huh? So, yeah. So, make sure you get some Dakota Angler bait and go I, out there and whoop up on some fish. I know who hasn't been testing it, and that's me. <laughs> I haven't been. I think I've freaking fished two times this whole entire damn summer. Good right. God. <sighs> I don't even know why we have fishing podcast. <laughs> Should have a sit on the couch and watch TV podcast. We can Should talk have a, about it. If we can't do it, we might as well talk that's about That's right. It. That's right. Living vicariously through my buddies on Facebook. But what is, uh, uh, what's that old saying? Well, how does it go? Those who can't teach, teach PE. Is that th- right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. So those who can't fish have podcasts. That's <laughs> yeah. yeah, everyone knows that. <laughs> everyone knows that. But uh um no, it feels good to be back. Uh I kind of talked about it a couple weeks ago. I was gonna be on a work trip. Uh was down in Las Vegas. Uh, for a baking convention, uh, the place where I work, we make uh, commercial dishwashers and uh, dough working equipment. Uh, kind of, kind of a weird deal, but it's got to be made somewhere, and it's made in Rock Rapids. So uh, 
um, that's uh, that's what we do. And so there was basically the iCast of the baking world was down in Las Vegas last week. You were there. I was there. Big just, time in it. Oh, man. I was just there. I am a, impressed. A donut in each hand. Right. I am. Dress a, clothes. Very impressed that you, uh, you're you still looking pretty slim and trim compared to what I thought you might be coming looking back. I thought you might be coming back looking like a... You know, an NFL defense alignment or something like that. I've got stress, stretchy waistband pants. <laughs> I was in I was in dress dress shoes, dress pants, wow. polos. Professional. Yeah. I haven't wore a polo since my grandma died, like probably <laughs> literally eight or nine years ago. Hopefully somebody got some pictures of this. I don't think they did. I don't think they did. I I I had a sign at our booth that said uh, it's gonna cost you to take pics and uh did you uh did you call anybody dirtbags? I didn't. I didn't, but I probably should have. Um you know, Las Vegas just uh um it's it's just kind of a dog turd with flashing lights on top of it. It's uh um you know, it, I guess it's just not for me. Maybe it's for some people, but uh there's a lot of weird smells. Pot is legal out there and and I don't care if you're a pothead whatever, but it's just really weird to be walking down the sidewalk and all of a sudden it's like, "Woo! <laughs> hey oh, like, you <laughs> know, whatever." Up? I mean, you're you're stepping over homeless people, like it just, you know, the the smells and the the scene like I I, I don't know. It's cool probably like to be there for 2 days or something like that. Like I I mean, I got to say, you know, the lights, the tall buildings, uh, you know, we we went to a one buffet that just freaking it was awesome. I went and had a freaking bone-in ribeye one night that was absolutely awesome. Like the food's great, uh, but uh, yeah, overall, I don't know. Just uh, um, I don't know. It it just really wasn't for me. I uh, I won a uh, hundred and forty dollars after putting like thirty-four dollars in uh, the first or second night, and uh, so I never gambled again after that. Uh, walked out of there with more money than I came with, and I guess uh, whenever you go to Las Vegas, that's kind of the happy. goal. Yeah, I was gonna say you got to be happy with that. Yep, yep. I uh, I ate a lot, walked away with more money than I showed up with. Uh, <laughs> the bed was comfy. Sold sold a bunch of uh, baking equipment. So I guess at the end of the day, yeah, whatever. It's a success. So what would what you think was probably the coolest thing that you saw out there? At that bakery at the, convention, at the convention itself, not like not Las Vegas itself. Honestly, like, uh, so, so you know, we make dishwashers, big dishwashers, and by dishwashers, I'm not talking about the one that's in your, uh, in your home. Like, we make dishwashers, right. uh, you know, that are 10, 12 foot long and and ten foot high and and six foot wide. You know, big dishwashers that you roll racks of full of, of pans into and, and whatnot. And uh, so that's what we do. But on the other side of that, you know, this is a baking convention. So, you know, honest, honestly, like Hostess and, and Keebler and, and whatever, all Pillsbury, all those places are out there too. And, and just like the big time automation, uh, robot arms that sort out granola bars, you know, I mean, a bunch of granola bars come down a uh, belt and this, you know, the, the robot arm decides like, what's a peanut butter, what's a chocolate chip, what's a, you know, a, a berry nut and, and can pick them all up separate, can stack them all like in a variety box. Uh, just, just wild stuff like that. Um, I mean, ovens that are longer than semis and, and crazy. you know, I mean, just, just wild, wild stuff. And, uh, um, yeah, I don't know. That's, uh, some of the stuff 
so so on the way down there i ended up sitting next to a guy from De Pere, wisconsin and maybe he wasn't from De Pere, or maybe he was but uh, he worked for a company out of wisconsin called campbell rapper and uh, what they do is uh um like twinkies uh, these Twinkies will shoot down a, a belt. They slide into this uh, wrapper, and it seals both ends, and you know, kick, you know, yeah. cuts it or whatever. And it can do like 350 Twinkies in a minute. That's nuts. And they'll have like 15 of those machines next to each other, and it's just <laughs> shooting out Twinkies. You know, full that's, auto, man. Yeah, I, that's kind of like me if I have too many Twinkies. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I'm sitting at the end of it with my mouth open. <laughs> but I mean, just that type of stuff. You know, I mean, it's just. Uh, the, the technology is crazy and, and, you know, technology in the world is just crazy, but, uh, it's not limited to just, uh, you know, cell phones and, and laptop computers, you right. know, I mean, it's, it's, you know, even in the baking industry, anything to save a couple dollars and, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was, it was neat. It was, it was really neat. So, um, yeah, I guess, uh, whatever that is why, uh, we weren't on last week. Uh, it was definitely my fault. Matt was game. I, uh, I put off packing until the very last minute, and then when I started packing, you, you know, oh, you, you wear dress clothes all day, yeah. and then you hop into khaki shorts and, and a t-shirt at night, so you're kind of packing double, and, yep. oh, yeah. and, you know, I'd rather get out there and have too much packed than not enough, Definitely. and, uh, um, yeah, whatever, I don't know, I... I think you're allowed a 50 pound suitcase and mine had to be 49 and a half. <laughs> I think I had five pairs of shoes along. It felt like a dang woman, but, uh, whatever, uh, successful trip. Uh, oh, that's good. Yep. That's good. So, um, I guess, uh, at this point in time, I think we are ready to go to our guest, uh, with the battle of the bass heads, uh, bass tournament this last week. Uh, uh, Matt and I were kind of texting this morning and Matt brought up Tony Lee, uh, if you don't know who Tony Lee is, uh, he runs a Facebook group called Minnesota Bassheads, and uh, um, just a just a really well-run, friendly group. Yep, um, they keep it really, you know. There's you no know, trash no, talking on there, and no and, politics, no nothing like that. It's just it's a group for for bass fish for bass anglers, and uh, you know anybody's welcome. And yep, yeah, and I, I don't know. He just he he runs a tight ship. If, if there's any scuffles, boom, it's deleted. Yep. And, and as much as, you know, all of us like to sit back and, and watch a little Facebook scuffle, I appreciate the fact that, you know, it is a no BS, to, uh, you know, and, and he, he does, he, he deletes it. And five minutes later, everyone doesn't, you know, everybody forget, you know, everybody yep, moves that, on. That's from the way it. to do it. Yep. It's, it, it really promotes bass fishing in the state of Minnesota and not just the state of Minnesota, the state surrounding it as yep. well. Yep. A lot of guys come down to Iowa when uh, Minnesota is off limits. Well, not off limits, but uh close season, season. Yep. uh, Wisconsin, you know, uh, a lot of South Dakota dudes. And, um, you know, it's, it's basically more than a Facebook page now. Like I would call it a community. Like, so yeah, I, that's I've definitely got, what I would. It's almost like a brand actually. I mean, they have t-shirts. I've got, and I've stuff got a Minnesota like, Bassheads yeah. shirt. I love it. So it's going to be fun to talk to him and kind of find out the story of it all. Yep, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, with that, uh, we're going to buzz over to Tony. And we're here today with uh, Tony Lee. Tony, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Just kind of settling back in from getting back from Big Stone Lake for our um, third annual Battle of the Bass Heads Derby. That's right. How long were you out there for? Uh, I went out there last Wednesday. Um, started practicing a little bit on Wednesday and got home on Sunday. Um, got there Wednesday and it was 
was blowing a good 20 mile an hour with north winds so <laughs> i didn't didn't honestly get much of a practice and i was just trying to dodge some three foot waves out there well you're kind of you should be used to that you grew up in south dakota right so that, that, that is true you know we've had some of those bad days out on the river um but you know coming to minnesota we don't have it as much anymore so i'm not used <laughs> to it um but i do fish and relax you know, quite often, and that's probably one of the worst lakes in the state to get caught on wind. So I have been out there a couple times during that, and it's never enjoyable. Yeah, I bet. Now, uh, Tony, you know, this this is a fishing podcast, but we like to get every single one of these podcasts started off with a couple of non-fishing-related uh, questions. So uh, first sure. first and foremost, uh, I want to know if uh, if you could take any celebrity out bass fishing with you for a day, who would that celebrity be? Uh, I would do Aaron Lewis probably. Oh, yeah, right. I like that. I like that a, uh, a lot. Yeah, I'm a big, big fan of his music. Always have been, and he's a huge bass fisherman. So all the better. So that'd be pretty sweet to share share a day on the boat with that guy. No doubt about yeah. that. The best is that at the end of it, you can sit around the campfire and listen to him play his guitar <laughs> and sing a little bit too. Absolutely. Yep. Well, I guess I'm going to go a little different route here, but um, what's your favorite type of pie? What was that? What's your favorite favorite type of pie? Pie. Uh, There is one called a five-layer chocolate pie that comes from a a pie shop up in northern Minnesota, north of Duluth, called Betty's Pies. Oh, yeah. I've heard of Betty's Pies before. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I used to head up that way. Um, on vacation when, you know, growing up in South Dakota, our destination every summer was up to a, a lodge in northern Minnesota called Hungry Jack Lodge, and we'd hit Betty's Pies up every every trip on the way up and on the way back, and I don't think I ever did order a different slice of pie from that place. <laughs> if it's not broke, don't fix it. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And, I, I didn't want to be disappointed by ordering something else. Right. I think anything that they label as, like, five-layer is always going to be good. <laughs> right. My, my yeah. biggest thing, like, when, when, you, when you've got something that you know is good, and if you're thinking about something else, it'll be that day that like your buddy, your buddy or your brother or whoever you're with orders the pie you really want, and yours comes out, and you you look at that pie and it's like, what dang. the, you know, yeah. like, yeah, oh, dang it. yeah, like that's that's what always happens to me, <laughs> probably on right. pie, probably on pie. Okay, right. l- last but not least here, Tony, uh, uh, we talk a lot about chicken wings on here. So uh, I want to know uh, what what's your favorite uh, kind of of buffalo wings? I'm gonna go with garlic parmesan. Garlic parm, go. okay. Um, I'm not a spite. I love I love absolutely love the taste of spicy food, but I cannot handle spicy food, unfortunately. <laughs> Like I'll start sweating immediately on some of the like mildest. Yeah, you and me both. Food. It's unfortunate, <laughs> so I'll, I'll stick with the garlic parmesan wings. Are you a, are you a traditional or a boneless guy? Oh, I gotta go traditional. Yep. Bone, boneless, I feel like aren't even wings. No, I mean, just like got a that right. Strip or something. Yep, chicken nuggets. <laughs> now, uh, are you a, are you a ranch or a blue cheese guy? Blue cheese here. Huh. Oh. How old are you? 
I'm 38. Okay, so that's the threshold. We kind of came up with the math equation a while back since we talk about wings a lot. It seems like most people, once they hit 50, that's when they kind of acquire the blue cheese taste. But, you know, there's some younger guys that enjoy it, too. Just an old soul. I got got my daughter um, using blue cheese over ranch these days. Oh, wow. There you go. That's impressive. Train them in early. Yeah. Wow. All right, uh, let, let's let's actually get to a little bit of fishing here. Uh, Matt kind of mentioned earlier that uh, that you grew up in South Dakota. Uh, tell us uh, where where did you grow up, Tony? So I grew up in a small town called Alexandria, South Dakota. Um, it's about it's twelve miles to the east of Mitchell. Okay. So, uh, so honestly, not a ton of local fish trees around the area, yeah. but. Um, my dad was a huge bass fisherman. He, you know, before I lived in South Dakota, I, I was actually living in Florida until I was uh, almost five years old, and he guided down there. Really? Uh, on the Toho chain of lakes. It was kind of his dream to do some guiding in Florida, so he kind of did that for a few years. And before that, he grew up in um, Davenport, Iowa, fishing, um, you know, that section of the Mississippi River his whole life. So he kind of passed down the bug to me and my brother, and you know it's kind of gone wild ever since. Now, now growing up there in Alexandria, uh, that that's not a spot in the world that I think like, wow, there's a ton of lakes there. But uh, I still can't help but to think, being close to Mitchell and and just being South Dakota, you still had to be in in walleye and perch territory. What was it like growing up when when you were a bass fisherman and everyone around you, like you know? kind of looked down on bass or wasn't it really like that well you, you, they didn't really look down on it you know it was more of uh you know are you, did you guys keep everything yeah right <laughs> you know kind of that question you oh, let them all go fishing? oh yeah we caught, you know we caught quite a few did you keep them no and it was just it was more of a dumbfounded look when when you said you didn't keep them yep yeah um you know, but for the most part, you know, there was a bass club in, in Mitchell that my dad was a part of and my uncle were a part of. So, you know, we kind of hung around those guys, um, you know, and then I got a couple buddies and uh, bass fishing. But it was never, I never felt like we were too frowned upon for the most part, <clears throat> which is good. But, you know, I, I ended up uh, working at Cabela's for a couple of years there in Mitchell. Uh, when I was in college, and I always got crap from the guys working in the fish, a couple guys working in the fishing department that were um, hardcore walleye guys. So, you know, we we kind of gave crap back to each other about it. I asked them, you know, how does it feel reeling in a wet rag? <laughs> oh yeah, we we, <laughs> we, we know that one a lot. Yeah, you know? and then it was like, you know, they'd come back with I can catch a bass on a beer can kind of. Thing. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> so, oh, that just. That it sounds like South Dakota bad. guys to a T. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. So did you ever try your hand at uh, walleye fishing? Did you ever make it out to the river and, and pull plugs or, or, you know, do bottom bouncers? Or is just never your thing? And never my thing. You know, I do it I, I do it ice fishing, I guess. But, okay. Um, open water fishing, it, it just never interested me much back in South Dakota. Um. You know, in Minnesota, when I moved to Minnesota, there's actually a season yeah. for bass and 
walleye. And right when I moved here, um, bass season didn't start until Memorial weekend. So there was a, a two week stretch between when walleye opened and bass opened that, um, you know, I'd go after some walleye and, um, even in the earlier parts of the, the spring, um, pool two of the Mississippi, which is like downtown Minneapolis going south of the Ford Dam is open all year round for bass and walleye. So I would, I would hit that all the time too, you know, uh-huh. to kind of scratch the itch. Right. So what, what ended up bringing you up to, uh, uh Minnesota? So my wife, my wife is from the twin cities. We, okay. um, met up at Brookings, South Dakota, SDSU. Okay. Um, and it honestly didn't take too hard. You know, it didn't take much for her to convince me to move to Minnesota from, you know, South Dakota being that now I have a lake within five minutes in every direction that I live right now. Right. You can't argue with that. Now, now when you were at SDSU, you had a, I think your roommate was a former guest of ours. Yes, he was, and I actually just ran into him on Saturday because he actually fished the bass at Derby. Yeah, he oh, was up there he? with Harry Ladner. Yeah, Mr. Dan Spangler. Yeah, you know, Berkeley. And the funny thing was, we never fished together. Really? really? It, it was not. You know, we didn't know we were into it that much at all. We spent one year uh, living in a house together, and. We, you know, we talked about fishing a little bit, but we didn't. Neither one of us knew we were that big into it. Huh. Right, and which then, was super strange. And now he's one of the best bait designers out there. And you know, my passion for bass just keeps getting more and more every year. Right. Um, so, and it's unfortunate too. You know, SDSU, that area of South Dakota. Is, I mean, you do have access to some of the best lakes in the state within you know, a 45 minute drive. And I just, I didn't take advantage of it for some reason. I think a lot of us back in like when we were that age, didn't take advantage of what was really around us. I think that we didn't really realize it. Like when you get older, you kind of can sit down and kind of see it. And you're just like, Oh dang, I wish I really would have, you know, focused in on that a little bit more. Right. I focused on too many other things in college. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was kind of, probably going to mention you know yeah there's probably some other things that and and what i meant is studying in books right yeah exactly that's what i meant uh, i don't i don't know what anyone else was thinking but that's exactly what what we were all thinking oh all right on so uh when when did you uh, i i mean i guess uh now now you've got to facebook page minnesota bass heads uh how did that come about so I kind of ha- I had the idea about four years ago. It was in the winter when I think it was February. You know, there's just nothing else to do in Minnesota. Yep. Um, besides ice fish, but you know, my passion is open water bass fishing, and you know, I could talk for hours about it. And right when I had first moved up to Minnesota, there was actually a, a website that had open water um fishing forums on them and there was a bass page on it i think it was called hotspot outdoors yep hos Uh, and you know the bass page was actually like super active at the time you know there were tons of people on it you know my um guy i fish tournaments with right now i met him through that page um 
and it was, you know, a one-stop shop for all information on bass fishing in Minnesota. Ask questions about lakes, you know, techniques. Um, and me coming from South Dakota, you know, the fisheries where I fished in South Dakota, you know, are completely different than Minnesota fisheries. I, I hadn't experienced uh, lakes that were, you know, full of milfoil, like, you know, the lakes in Minnesota and, you know, deep rocks and things like that. So for me, I, you know, I loved it because I was able to ask questions and there's guys that have been fishing Minnesota for 20, 30 years shooting feedback at me, you know, and I was able to take what they told me and, you know, try it out on the water and just learn. And then um, that website just, I think it got bought and it kind of just dwindled away. And so I was just sitting you know, just thought of it one day and, and winter, I was just like, I, I, I need, I think I need to create a bass page for Minnesota and kind of bring all that information back where, you know, it's a page for tackle review, lake reports, you know, and a one-stop shop to talk, talk bass fishing. Yep. And that's, you know, that's kind of, I, I reached out to a couple buddies and I was like, do you think this is a good idea? And both of them are like, I think it's a great idea. You know, so I started it and I think within the first, the first week there were 500 members on it. Oh man. Um, and it got like super active, like right away. And then just, you know, it's just kind of kept growing and growing ever since. Yeah. So, well, um, you know, I kind of looked at it as, you know, I love the fact from that, that fishing forum that I learned so much um, because it is tough to just, if you don't have any of that information out there, you know, you read Bassmaster magazines and you think about it and a lot of that stuff is driven towards like Southern reservoirs, exactly. you know, shad lakes and stuff like that. And there's nothing that's really focused on the Northern you know, Midwest lakes to kind of learn that information. And it's hard to just go out there and figure it out yourself. So, you know, I wanted a, a place where you could talk about it, um, ask questions, ask about tackle, ask about boats. Um, but like I said, just kind of a one-stop place that's, you know, deals with only bass fishing and nothing else. No political talk, no nothing else, just bass fishing now that yeah. that's one of the things uh me and me and matt uh matt and i actually were talking about that uh before we hopped on the phone with you uh just how well you do at at running a tight ship uh you know if if you see a post kind of getting out of hand you you delete it right then and there uh and and i i think you know ju just looking at it right now uh there's over seven thousand members in that uh in that Facebook page. And I, I think we just take it for granted. There, there's a lot more to that. Uh, you know, there, there's constantly people posting and, and constantly stuff that you kind of have to be looking over to make sure that, that a post doesn't head South. How, I mean, how much of your day do you spend actually on there kind of policing that? More than my wife would like. I believe that. <laughs> right, I believe yeah. that. Well, it is a well-run page. Uh, it is. I mean, it, it's a lot because every, you know, being that it is a private group, it's not a public group. Yeah, I have right. to approve every single member that comes into the group. 
um, you know, and there's a ton of spam members oh, yeah. oh, that yeah. are um, asking for access in there. So, you know, what I do is basically look at it, look to see if there's mutual friends, look to see if there's mutual groups. Um, if I don't see that, I'll just pull up their profile to see if I see something fishing related. Yep. You know, look to see if they're from Minnesota or somewhere in the Midwest, and then I can approve them. Yeah. Um, I do. I do have another guy. His name's Trey Fails. He's kind of a oh, yeah. moderator too that helps me um, with you know approving members and keeping his eye out for posts that kind of get out of hand. Um, but for the most part, I feel like how it's kind of developed now is that there are a lot of members that keep an eye out for me. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, the second a, a post starts getting out of hand or, you know, there's arguments that shouldn't be arguments. I get a message from them saying, Hey, you're going to want to look at this kind of thing. But, um, for the most part, I mean, it, it does take a quite a bit of time, but I, I feel like I have it where I want to have it right now. And I have members that are out there watching out for everything on the page and will alert me when something, something doesn't seem right, which is, which is fantastic. That way I don't have to read every single post because I think the last time I checked, there's anywhere from 30 to 40 posts a day right. really? that, yeah. are, that are put up on the group. Yeah. Well, we, we, I mean, I truly do. I, I appreciate uh, the, the work that goes into that group because uh, it, it's, it's one of those, you know, there, there's uh, in the outdoor industry, whether it's fishing or hunting or trapping or whatever it is, uh, Facebook is a cutthroat place. Like it truly yeah. is. And, and I mean, you know, you, you ask a question or, or you know, post a picture of a, of a fish or a deer or whatever it is. And I mean, it's about a 50 50 chance that that they're gonna burn you at the stake right then and there yeah, you know and, there's gonna you know, be a negative comment for sure that's that's what i try to avoid it just it drives me nuts when that happens because we're all here to enjoy one thing yep you know it, you know if someone posts a picture of a fish and you know it a three pounder and he's bragging about it. You know, sometimes there's negative comments about that where everybody should just be happy for the guy that he's happy to catch a three pounder. Right. Exactly. He's happy. You should be happy. Yeah. yeah. Who yeah. cares? I mean, it's just, it, it's, it's, a, it's a hobby. It's not that that's all it is. And it's something that gives each and every one of us joy. You know, it, it, you know, it's my, it's my place to escape from, the other life i don't want to have to deal with stressors like that i just want to enjoy myself out on the water yeah right, exactly no doubt scott and i kind of started an initiative a while back like you know we saw that a lot where somebody would post a picture of a fish and everybody would be like that you know that's not five pounds there's no way that's like four you know and everybody always goes the negative route with it so we kind of started whenever somebody would post a picture and they'd be like yeah, we caught this four and a half pounder the other day, and we'd be like, "No, are you sure that thing ain't five? I mean, that thing <laughs> looks more like, like five. You're, you're selling yourself a little short, you know. Like, right. that's a beautiful fish, but it might be bigger than what you're saying, man. And you see a bunch yeah. of people like we, right. we kind of know who listens to the show, you know, who's active on our Facebook page, and every once in a while you're scrolling through and you'll see something like, "You sure that that you know that looks like a five pounder to me?" Oh, that's, that's funny. That's perfect. Yeah, I don't care because, um, like you said. I mean, those type of posts, you know, are, you know, can be hard for some people to refrain from because, you know, for me, 
when I when I weigh a fish, if if a fish is five pounds fifteen ounces, I'm calling it five pounds fifteen ounces. Right. Yeah, you know, and I think a lot of other people are that way. So when you know when someone posts a picture of what's probably a three and a half pounder, and he says, "Hey, it's five pounds," you know, and they're like, "Did you even weigh it?" Yeah. You know, it's still, <laughs> and, and some people probably don't. They get excited. It's it's a big fish to them, and they just call it out five pounds. And then, in the grand scheme of things, what's the harm done? Yeah, yeah right. Yep. Yeah, right. he he didn't win any money out of, out of the deal. No, like, who right. cares? Right. Yeah, some, who cares? For some people, it's hard just to kind of keep scrolling by and just be like, "All right, right. You know, don't." If you don't have anything good to say, just don't say anything. I mean, yep. just keep right. going. Now, now, have yeah. you ever have you ever had to you know do a little moderating on the page and had somebody like private message you pissed off that you deleted their post or anything? Did anything ever yeah, get? Yeah, I've had a few of them. You know, and I try to explain it. The people that have messaged me about me deleting their posts, you know, I explain the situation and I explain the way I run the page. Yep. For the most part, they understand it. And it's more of the, along the lines of, you know, the people that end up interacting with them because of their posts. Right. They're mm-hmm. just, you know, their post got deleted because it started an argument because someone couldn't handle what they posted. Right. Um, you know, and he's, he, you know, they just think it wrong, was wrong that their post got deleted. And I just said, you know, this place, unfortunately, you know, that's happened. And usually I warn the guys, I send them a message being, you know, the guys that started the argument. And I'll just say, hey, let's calm it down. You know, this isn't a place for arguments. Um, but in, at the end of the day, I just, you know, I don't want any of that to happen. And I'll just delete the post. And for the most part, you know, they're fine with it. Yep. Um, there's been a, you know, a handful of times where I've had, uh, you know, block people because they're just, they're that bad. It takes a lot for me yeah. to kick someone out of the group. Um, but, but it does happen. And yeah, I feel like it's been, it's actually been pretty good the last year or so where I haven't had to do much of that. I can think of one guy. And I, I don't know if, if you blocked him or if he just finally had enough of it, but uh, there was, I, and I don't even remember his name, but there was one dude who uh, uh, posted, like he, he'd post five times a day and just talking about how great of a bass fisherman he was. He was, he was kind of an old timer. You remember who I'm talking? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. People listen to this podcast that are a part of that page. They'll know exactly. Oh yeah, what you're yeah, talking yeah. About Because I know who you're talking about. Yep. I know he he talked about knowing like uh, Rich Lindgren's dad or something like that, yeah, or maybe he okay, knew. Okay, yes, that is him. Yep, yep. <laughs> exactly who I was thinking. Yep, about. and uh, um, you know, like uh, at, at first it's know. like ah, you know, this dude don't mean nothing, you know, just whatever. And right. then then like four days later, it's like no, nah, I, I don't know. I kind of feel like this dude's purposely you know and, and i i don't know i think he probably started off not meaning any harm just you know bs and whatever and and then you know when somebody kind of takes a couple jabs at you you take a couple jabs back and it's just like oh man this right. is heading south in a hurry well and the funny thing is we initially thought it was just like a fake profile right that's what i thought because of some of the posts that were coming up yep and then we found out it wasn't, and you know, I I talked to a couple guys that 
like know who he is and they're like no he's real he's in (laughs) and it was just like total mind blow well Uh, i mean i think rich rich said he knew him i mean rich rich listens to this show i'm sure i'm sure rich (laughs) knows exactly who we're talking (laughs) and the funny thing was is like i never booted him from the page he would he would leave and then he would request to like get back in and and like and then take his request back before I could even approve it. And send it through. <laughs> like this, I'll show him. On, I'll show him for like two weeks, and finally I just I just blocked him. Right. And <laughs> so then he went on to a different fishing page and started complaining about that. <laughs> right. Some yeah. of the bass heads guys jumped on that post and were like, "Hey, aren't you the one that just got booted?" Or but you know like you said it i think that's one of the great things about the page though is that i mean genuinely 99 percent of the people on there are really trying to help each other out in this sport of bass fishing you know trying to help people with pointers if there's like certain lakes somebody asks about you know some people don't always want to give up the juice but they, they always seem to point them in the right direction right absolutely and you know that's part of the reason why I did it, you know, and I feel like bass fishing is kind of exploding here in the last oh, five it is. years. You know, I was going to, I was going to ask you that school. Yeah. Do, do you think that's a YouTube deal or, or is it all the different programs that, uh, that are starting to be offered? What, what's the reasoning? I think it's a combination of both. You know, I think the YouTube, the whole thing, like set up, you know, set off a fire with a lot of younger guys. Um, you know, that junior high age and loved it and just got into it, which then made them want to jump into, you know, some of the junior high um, fishing teams and high school fishing teams. And um, I think social media in general, you know, they have all this access to, you know, fishing material that, you know, when, when we grew up, we, what did we have? We had the Bassmaster magazine and fishing shows on Saturday mornings. Right. You know, everything's at our fingertips now, and YouTube is, you know, probably one of the bigger, you know, things that have convinced some of these young anglers to get into it. Now, now when, you think about, uh, when you think about how many successful YouTubers there are in the state of Minnesota, you know, it... I mean, I just feel like Minnesota is just a hotbed for, for fishing YouTubers. And I get that it's a hotbed for lakes. It's a hotbed for fishing, period. But, uh, I mean, you know, South Dakota's got a lot of lakes. You know, Wisconsin's got a lot of lakes. And I just don't feel like they have quite as many as, as what Minnesota does. I mean, you know, of course, Wisconsin's got Tom Boley and South Dakota's got Mindak and, and whatever. But, uh, you know, is is Minnesota just like above and beyond when it comes to the fishing YouTubers? I, I feel like it is. I do. I'm, yeah. I, I'm not sure I can put my finger on it either. I think it's just, you know, we have, you know, big metropolitan area like Minneapolis, lot of outdoors within a short, you know, there's just a ton of people that utilize the outdoors and fishing. Yep. In Minnesota, and we have all the resources of all the lakes that we have, you know, within a short dis- distance of that. So maybe that's the reason. I, I'm, I have no idea, but there there are some amazing YouTubers out there that are 
from Minnesota that I, I watch all the time. Yep. I think, too, like – you know, with the initiative of introducing kids into the outdoors, there's a lot of schools that are starting programs like with their county naturalists and stuff like that, that where they're bringing those in and kids are kind of getting that, that interest there. And, you know, I think that people our age are starting to take a little bit more interest into introducing the youth to the outdoors. I mean, not just like your own kids themselves. Like when we were growing up, it seemed like our parents or you had an uncle or a grandpa that got you into it. I think now you're seeing a lot, a lot more people like in general, just be like, you know, like to try to keep these kids on a, you know, straight and narrow path, really introducing them, trying to get them into the outdoors because it is something that's kind of, you know, seems like it's going away at times. Like we're losing more right. of it, but I think more people are taking the initiative to try to introduce these younger kids into it. And, uh, it's really sparking their interest. And especially, you know, how kids are once you, if you get them out there and they have a good first day, it's, I mean, it's game over from there. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's huge. You know, and you know, again, going back to when we grew up, you know, screens weren't a thing. Right. right. You know, there was no iPads. There was no YouTube. There was nothing. All we did was go outside. Yeah. Yeah. You, you didn't know, have it. Slowly started fading away. So to be able to start seeing some of these, you know, groups doing, I mean, there's junior high fishing teams now, there's the high school derbies that are getting all these kids involved and getting them into the outdoors. And I think us as, you know, me as a parent, I'm looking at that and I'm loving it because yep. I, I don't want my kid coming home from school and going straight to a screen. Right. I want him coming home and going outside. I want him to ask me, let's go fishing on a Saturday morning instead of, I'm going to get up and watch a movie or something. Yeah, and I think, I mean, with your Bass Heads group too, I think it's just, it, it shows because how many times do you see a guy jump on there and be like, hey, you know, getting rid of a lot of old equipment, is there any, like, youth in the area that, you know, that I could donate it to or any programs and stuff like that? So, I mean, right. I just think that's pretty awesome. Yeah, and there's you know, there, there's 100 boat high school derbies now right. in the state of Minnesota, which to me is mind mind-blowing that they have hundreds of teams and that's not even all of them it might even be up to 200 right well and i think um, again like what i was saying what's mind-blowing there is all the volunteers that are you know showing up there with their boats that crazy to, yeah. like you know we're gonna take these high you know that are coaching being coaches for these high school teams and stuff right yeah and a lot again like you said a lot of them aren't even the parents of these kids right they're just people that want to get these kids out on the water, which is fantastic. Yep. Now, Tony, how many how many bass tournaments do you fish a year? One. 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 Okay. So, <laughs> so I fish the Bass Heads Derby. Yep. Um, once a year, and that's it. Yep, and and so that's actually what I text Matt earlier, and and I said, does Tony fish more tournaments than what I realize, or does he truly fish? You know only one and uh because i noticed on your facebook you don't post about it a lot and and, and maybe that uh, i thought maybe that was just something now nah, you i don't post about tournaments whatever but uh that's something that uh, i i kind of feel gets lost in uh in the fray with bass fishing uh, uh, quite a bit that uh most people think that if you're a bass fisherman you got to be a bass tournament angler and right. and you know and and don't get me wrong like i i still think at the end of the day that's kind of the root of being a bass fisherman i mean even you 
I, I, I think it's safe to assume that you go out and you try to figure out what your best five are, you know, with, with the scale that, you know, saves it or whatever, you know, you're, you're still, you're still doing something that, uh, um, you know, kind of reflects back on tournament fishing. But I mean, I, I truly got to applaud you that, uh, that you go out and do as much fun fishing as what you do, but, but you don't do it strictly to, to pre-fish for a tournament or, or, you know, Tuesday nighters or Saturday morning derbies or, or anything. You just, you do it because you freaking love bass fishing, man. Right. Right. Yeah. And, um, I was in a couple leagues right when I moved up here before I had kids. Yep. Um, you know, I did a you know some weeknight leagues, and it it was it was just it was fine. You know, the thing I didn't like about it, I I am a competitive guy, so if I'm struggling out in a tournament, I'm getting frustrated, and I didn't like that feeling. Yeah, right. yeah. Like, cause I'm out there fishing, I'm supposed to have fun, and I couldn't get that through my head that you know, like I didn't want to do bad, I wanted to do good, and you know, my competitive nature came out and it, it, it made it not fun in some certain situations. Um, so when I, you know, when I did have kids, you know, that kind of took up more time for me, you know, our, my weekends, I have a wife that, um, she's a pharmacist in a hospital. So, you know, she's got the hospital schedule too. So she's got regular days. She has evenings and she has weekends. Yep. Yeah. Um, so that her schedule doesn't allow me to be in any leagues. And when I look back on it, I'm, I'm kind of okay with that. You're right. It, it definitely bother, is bother me much. And, and I don't miss it that much. Um, you know, would I be, I think I would be happy to do more than one a year, maybe two or three big ones, but, um, that, I think that would be about it. I just, for me, with, uh, with the leagues that I, I was in, you know, you, they went to lakes that I didn't want to fish. Yeah. 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 Some of those lakes, you know, were, you know, it took 12 pounds to win a lot of the time. I'm like, well, I don't want to go practice on a lake that has, you know, where a three pounder is a big fish. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I want to go to a lake where a five pounder is a big fish and there's a, a lot of three pounders in it. Yep. And God knows uh, you start really cracking them like five minutes before weighing. And, <laughs> and it's like, you know what? Like, I, I truly don't care to go back and weigh in this 10 pounds. Like, I just want to sit out here and, and keep whaling on these things. Right. So, um, but, but, but I totally understand what you're saying. I, I mean, when I, when I tell people that I, you know, I'm a bass fisherman. A lot of the times I get the question, so do you fish tournament? And, yeah. You know, for me, I just say, no, I'm just a, you know, I fun fish. You know, I have this beautiful bass boat, all this equipment, and all I do is fun fish. That's okay. <laughs> There's kind of nothing wrong with that. Yep. that. Well, like you I said. Giant boat I fish by myself 99% of the time. Well, that's your solitude. You know, I mean, that, right. that's nice. your release. Absolutely. We all we all know those guys that you know they they talk about they love bass fishing, but you see them at a tournament weigh in and they had, didn't have a very good day out there. You know they finish middle of the pack and it's just like they don't want to talk to anybody. It's just like you just got done a day of fishing. You know, yeah, maybe you didn't catch the ones you wanted to catch, but I mean, you can still uh, you know socialize and you know let it let it go and have fun at the weigh in with everybody else. Right. 
But I know, like you said, our competitive juices a lot of times don't allow us to do that. And then at the end of the day, you kind of got to sit back and ask yourself, was it worth it? I was crabby the whole damn day I was out there in the boat because I wasn't getting the bites that I wanted to get. Right. I, I, I've, I've had it before where I've been in the back of the boat and I started catching them and Matt was in the front of the boat and he wasn't catching them. Right. Let me tell you, in the back of the boat is the last place I wanted to be. And then after I caught a, after I caught a few, then it was just like, all right, and then the mood changes. Yep. yep. And was, I got to apologize. It was almost a Southwest, Southwest Airlines commercial. <laughs> it was like, I'm, I'm just going to flat sit down because if, if this old boy don't start catching them, this is, I'm in for a bad day. <laughs> nope. And and that's not to talk, you know, talking about you not fishing uh, in no way, shape, or form was that throwing shade at, at guys that do uh, competitive fish like Matt and I. We, we've we've fished tournaments. I love fishing tournaments, uh, whatever. But uh, I just think it's neat that uh, somebody as serious about it as you, uh, you know, just chooses not to go that route. So yeah, and you know, I do when it. When it comes to tournament fishing, too, I do think I'm I, I'm losing out on some of the the knowledge and skills you gain from tournament fishing, like yep, adjusting, right. yep. you know, to you know situations and conditions, and you know, when I go out fun fishing, it's only for three or four hours, and I I go do what I think I need to do to catch a big fish, you know, right. where dirt, you know, if you're in some of these bigger derbies, you need to do it just every hour on what you're doing exactly uh, you fish fish all these different lakes throughout the state and start learning different you know how to catch them in the weeds how to catch them on the rocks how to catch them flipping pads you know there's all these different aspects that you have to adjust to when you are a tournament fisherman and i do think i i, I kind of lose out on some of that so now, like, you're talking about the tournament stuff. So then how did the idea of the Bass Heads tournament come to fruition? So I had I had thought about it, you know, right when I started the page. I was just like, it would be really fun just to throw a big fall tournament. Like, I still had that competitive nature and wanting to have, like, one tournament a year to fish just sounded great to me. And... Uh, there were a lot of a lot of complaints going on at the time on the page about all the small little derbies in the state of Minnesota and not very many big high payout derbies. You know, because Minnesota used to kind of be one of the better states in the nation for bass tournaments, like yep. high payout ones. You know, they had, um, you know, and I'm not from Minnesota. This is coming from guys I've heard, you know, heard about and podcasts I've listened to. They had the Silverados. Yep. They were called, you know, they, they were $50,000 yep. tournaments in the state of Minnesota. Um, and some of these, you know, then there was other ones that were on live television, you know, Bassmaster King. Oh, yeah, here. yeah. And all of that just kind of, dissipated and now there's you know there's probably a hundred little bass clubs in the state of minnesota and so many of them are you know just your 10 15 boat you know clubs which which is completely fine some people that's all they want to do you know yeah um but we're missing those larger tournaments yep 
um, those higher payout tournaments. And there, there are a lot of anglers in the state of Minnesota that want to fish those bigger tournaments. You know, they do have, you know, now just in the last five years, you know, classic bass has the champions tour, which is, mm-hmm. you know, probably the highest, you know, payout derbies in the state of Minnesota. Um, then you have your Minnesota, you know, team trail, which is a fantastic, you know, they just keep growing too. Um, Blackfish has their classic, you know, that's a $10,000 payout, but that still doesn't seem like a lot, right. you know, from what it used to be. Um, so then I had a gentleman, his name was Greg Ruff. He, um, reached out to me and started talking to me about the, um, the kind of the concept that he was thinking of, um, with this Bassett's tournament, the division, you know, a South division, North division, let's, let's create something different that's different than your average tournament with a higher payout just to add something a little bit extra into it. Um, so I was like, you know, let's use the Bassheads platform. I'm like the only thing, you know, the only stipulation behind it is like, I don't want to be the tournament director. I just want to fish it. I want it to be my one tournament (laughs) a year that I get to fish. Um, I said, I, you know, I'll be the one that, goes out and tries to get sponsors and take care of that. And as long as you take care of the permanent of it and organizing a place for the way in. Um, so that's kind of where it came from. And, you know, the first, you know, we just finished our third, third annual one. And the first one grew from, you know, it was $6,000 for first place. Um, second one was seven about 7,500 for first place. And now we were able to get, this last one up to ten thousand dollars. Nice. And I'm hoping we can just kind of keep it growing. Maybe keep it at that ten thousand, but you know, get a little bit more sponsorship money in for next year to make you know add them on, add money on to the other places as well. Right. Yeah. Ten. I mean, ten thousand dollars. I mean, you're talking some real money there. You know, it's not just seventy five dollars out of the pickle jar. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, right. Right. Yeah. And the best part about it is. You know, it's only 50 boats, and the entry fees are only $400 for the team. Okay. You know, it's it's the lowest-paying entry, the lowest, you know, boat number, but one of the higher payout derbies in the state of Minnesota. Well, and it's become one of the more popular ones because that thing, that sucker fills up in no time. Yeah, like the South South Division, I think, filled up in 27 seconds this year. Yeah. In the North Division, we were waiting on one spot. Like all twenty-four spots had, or twenty-four of the twenty-five had filled up in the lot within a minute, and then the other one came in and like twenty minutes later, which I was like, "What the heck?" And then I got like three more after that. Right. So there was like a waiting list on it, but all in all, it it filled up within twenty-five minutes. So now, so now the. The ten thousand dollars goes to the the boat that uh, that gets the highest overall weight. Then is it just flat out bragging rights after that, uh, as far as north and south go? So the the deal with the north south thing is the top five teams from each division. We add up their weights, um, and then whichever division has the most weight 
gets to vote on the lake for next year. Okay. Ah, all right. Okay. They, they get to pick the lake. So, so uh, just, just something different, you know, and um, being that it's only 50 votes, where it, it, it kind of opens opens the state of Minnesota up to being able to add derbies to lakes that aren't your typical Minnesota derby lakes. Right. Now, now you said that this last one, uh, this last weekend was the third. Yes, correct. So who, uh, who, who's, uh, who's up north or south? The north is up and a lake has been chosen. Okay. We, Man. Have, we have not released that yet. Kind of getting details, but it's going to be something different. Nice. Um, than we've done the past three years. Uh, and it's not your typical big water, big tournament minnesota lake which is very fun for me i I love that that's kind of part of the reason why we did it the way we did so we could pick some of those different lakes that aren't your usual minnesota derby lakes yeah Yeah. well it's it's kind of hard to leave big stone after the showing that you guys have that that was in the conversation (laughs) too and I was just like, let's let's try something different. It, it, it's not against the rules of voting for it. Let's just say it was. It came in number two, right? Um, so if anything happens to this other lake and you can't pull a permit, it's gonna it might fall back to Big Stone again. Well, I I, um, I tell you right right now we're really lucky in the Upper Midwest because we have Lake Okaboji and Big Stone that are absolutely putting out giant bags of fish right now. Texas bags, I, I mean, right? Right. Yeah. I, you know, I saw some of the weights from some of the early, you know, some of those derbies earlier in the year on Okaboji, and it's just, again, I li- I can't, I came from South Dakota. It's not that far away, and I right. never fished Okaboji. I've never fished Okaboji before. Yeah, I mean, a couple weeks ago, our friend Chris Miller, he uh, he had twenty eight pounds to win a tournament over there on Okaboji. <laughs> This past weekend, that, this past weekend green, it was twenty. Green ones or brown ones or a mix? That was green ones. Cheapers, that's insane. Right, and this past weekend in a club tournament over there, they did a mega buck style where you had to fish two hours in each one of the chains of lakes. You know, East Lake, West Lake, and then the smaller lakes that are attached to the chain. And uh, then two hours, you could go wherever you wanted. And the guy that won that had twenty-five pounds. So, that's crazy. And yeah. now, has has it always been like that, and it's just no exposed, or is it just getting that good? It's that's just getting like that good. Cycle. The last two years have have really. I mean, right. it, it jumped up to the next level. Okay. Yeah. Now, that's now special. sitting there talking about uh, twenty eight pound uh, bags and whatever, I, I got to ask you: Would would you rather catch one twenty eight pound bag, or would you rather go out and uh, catch one eight pound fish? That's a tough one. I think I'd go for the eight pound fish. That's a fish of a lifetime. Now, now you you go on a trip uh, down to Mexico, don't you? Yeah, every other year I try to get down there. You know, I've done um, Comodero, El Salto, and Bacharach. Now, what's your what's your PB down there? Uh, the last year I went down to Bacharach, I caught a nine four. Okay. I'm still, still searching for that that double digit. That's kind of what keeps us going back. Is um, 
going after that 10 pounder. I know the thing is, you know, I have people tell me, you know, you can go to Texas and do that. You can go to Florida and do that, but there's something different about Mexico and kind of the experience of the whole thing, the culture, you know, cartels fish right in the middle of the Sierra Madre mountains for giant bass is there's, there's nothing like it. Those, those fish like just flat out look different. Like, you know, I, I remember the pictures, like they're kind of pale and, and, uh, yeah, that's crazy. Some, yeah. It's a, it's a different beast down there too. And they, you know, your three, four pounders fight a lot harder than the ones up here because it is kind of a river system. Oh, it right. actually oh, kind really. of reminds me of the fish that are on big stone. Cause that is kind of a river system too. Yep. Yep. And the fish on big stone are built like squares Yeah, and they're, and they're, they're, they're absolutely mean fish. Like yep. I, I don't know how many times on the derby on, on Sunday where I hooked into a fish and I'm just like, you know, grabs a net, like this is a good one. <laughs> And it ends up being, you know, a three and a half pounder, which would be great in any other tournament. But not but there. Not, <laughs> not there. We ended and we did end up bringing in twenty five pounds, but that landed us in fifth place, which, which blows my mind. <laughs> right, right. Well, it took. And I mean, it took what to get the twenty pounds was like back to like seventeen. I was going to say seventeenth or eighteenth. Was eighteenth place. That's just nuts. I was going to say. I think. Uh, I think I was just reading a, a Facebook post that like 15 and a half was 40th place. Yeah. Wasn't yeah, it? So seven, 17th place was the last 20, was 20 pounds. Wow. That's nuts. That really yeah. is. Yeah. Well, that's a good thing. That's a good thing for us bass anglers. That's right. Right, right. So. No, it, it was a fun derby, that's for sure. Nice. All right, Tony. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, we've kind of covered everything uh, Matt and I set out to, to cover. Uh, I don't know. Do you got anything else that you want to quick say before we let you go? I don't think so. I appreciate you guys reaching out and having me on your show, but it was fun talking to you guys. Well, you we, we appreciate you taking I, mean, I, I could keep talking for hours about that. <laughs> yeah. well, that's like what... I said, I, I mean, I could crack a beer. And, <laughs> oh, we've had that plenty of times. You can hear the cans cracking. <laughs> that's good. No. No, uh, we'll we'll have to do this again sometime. Uh, maybe maybe midwinter. Uh, we'll we'll give you a call again, and we'll uh, kind of get the open water juices flowing again. Yeah, let's do it. I, again, I'm, I'm dreading the next couple. You know, six months, five months. It's just we're gonna get into hibernation mode, and there's nothing better to do than talk bass fishing. That's, That's right. right. That's right. <laughs> get YouTube fired up. No. <laughs> <laughs> right. so. All right, man. Uh, we appreciate you taking time uh, out of your Monday night to chat with us, and uh, hopefully uh, we'll get to chat with you again soon. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks. Bye. All right. Bye. And that was Tony Lee of the Minnesota Bassheads. Great. I mean, just an awesome, just awesome guy, and just an awesome run group. Like I said. Yep. You know, after uh, after we hung up there. Uh, we we always got about 15 seconds in between when we hang up and then when we start recording again uh and and matt and i were actually talking uh tony had posted something earlier tonight um that uh uh it's a picture of uh of a lund uh, deep v boat uh next to his bass boat and it says uh, our best entertainment from the bass head derby a couple of perch fishermen drift right in front of us and we literally could have 
reached out her hands and touched their boat. Uh, and, and, you know, he just talked about, uh, the fact that they turned around and they looked or whatever, and, and, you know, they just let them do their thing, you know, whatever. And, and, uh, I think that's just kind of a testament to, to the person that Tony is, you know, he just, right. uh, yeah. just a laid back, easy going dude. And obviously, uh, if you, if you just listen to that, uh, you, you know, exactly what we're talking about. And, uh, I don't know, that's, uh, uh, just, you know, just a dude that, uh, just wants to be out and hang out and do a little fishing. So uh, exactly that, right. You know, if we all had a little bit more of that in us, uh, <laughs> I guess flat out the world would probably be just be a better place. So hundred percent sure on that. Uh, speaking of being a better place, uh, I think it is time to do our freedom brew. Good news stories of the week. Uh, that is our buddies, Austin and Brianna Bruggeman over in Larchwood, Iowa, the best coffee shop in the whole entire world. That's right. Uh, been a couple weeks since I've been over there. Um, obviously I was down in Las Vegas and whatnot, but, uh, uh you know, cooler weather. I, I think, I think it's about time to switch from the, uh, from the cold coffee to the dark coffee. It well, not the dark is. coffee, the, 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 the warm, warm coffee. coffee, my bad. Yeah, and, uh, it definitely is. I don't know. You just, you give me caramel, caramel on anything. Like I just, I don't know. Coffee and caramel. You're kind mm. of, you're kind of, what is it? Speaks a to my base, soul. A basic, like. Basic white boy. <laughs> yeah. You're kind of like that. I'm not a pumpkin spice. Some... We went to Dairy Queen last night, me and my family. Uh, we went, actually looked at a pickup for my son. And uh, on the way back, we went into Sioux Center, Iowa, uh, ate at the Seasons Chinese Buffet. Mm. I freaking housed a, I housed a bunch <laughs> of it. But uh, after that, we went and swung through Dairy Queen. We were going to do Culver's, but the line was freaking 28 cars long. So we went to Dairy Queen, and and uh, my wife, she uh, she didn't have rug boots on, but she pulled <laughs> off the, uh, the pumpkin spice blizzard. So. Oh, man. Yep. Like, Tis wow. the season. Yep. That, you know, thermometer happens to dip below 50 once, and <laughs> time to, pumpkin spice time. Pumpkin That's spice right. time. So. All right, uh, our good news story, my good news story. Uh, you got, you want me to fire off first, or you you want to fire off first? I'll fire off first All this right, time. I got it. a couple of them. Okay. Uh, first off, my good one is uh, my niece Hallie. Okay. She went on that hunt that Brant, my brother Brant, was telling us about, where she was like one of four kids that was drawn for yep. this hunt, where she kind of wrote an essay what hunting means to her and everything yep. like that. So they got to go out to this lodge, and there's some other kids there. And uh, on one of the nights, one of the other kids at the at the lodge there had hit one, and and they couldn't recover it. And I think I think it kind of like hit my niece kind of hard like that. Like it was kind of the realization of it. Like sometimes you just don't you can't find them when you do hit them, no matter how much you look for them. It might not have been a lethal hit. Well, the next day they she still wanted to hunt and everything like that. And her and Brant went out and they were able to put a stalk on a doe and got within like 60 yards of this doe, but it was kind of quartering to him. And she maturely, you know, uh, chose not to want to shoot it because it was a, wasn't the best of shot at it and everything yep. like that. And she just didn't want to wound it. So, you know, I kind of got to, you know, a lot of, a lot of us adults, a lot of times, have trouble holding back on that and are just just kind of figured let's just let her rip and see what see, happens yeah, see where the chips may fall and yep. uh she you know she made that decision of no you know if it's not the perfect shot i don't want to 
I don't want to do this. So, you know, I kind of want to give a little shout out to her. I mean, showing that maturity and, you know, we've all been there before where we've wounded an animal like that or something like that before. And it, it kind of takes a toll oh, on yeah. you and it, it, you kind of question if you really want to do it and you question like the next time you go out, it can kind of play a lot of mental games on you. So, you know, you know, a shout out to her for, you know, showing that maturity and passing up that shot. No doubt about um, it. And then I guess my other one is, uh, Shout out to the West Lion Marching Band. Yeah, your wife first place down there in Sioux City and in Marshall, Minnesota. Really, the two first two competitions that they've been in, they've taken first in both of them. This past weekend down in Sioux City, they were the highest scoring band in the prelims, and then in the finals, they were the top scoring band in the finals, beating a lot of like a couple of four A schools and everything like that. So just trophy collecting i guess i mean i know the work that they're putting into it and everything like that yep. sometimes it goes unnoticed but eh, people notice it and yeah i want to give them a shout out absolutely absolutely uh my good news story this week uh you know i i, I always scroll through facebook and then i just screenshot something that uh, I, I feel is uh worthy of the talk but uh bill shimoda i I don't know. Is that how you pronounce yep. that last name? Yep. Bill Shimoda, uh, NWT angler. Uh, he, he posted, uh, that, uh, him and his son got out and, uh, did a little duck hunting. And, uh, the post reads, uh, my favorite hunting buddy and I got more than we signed up for this morning. This kitten was across the pond, just screaming at us all morning. So we came home with a few ducks and a damn cat, I guess. <laughs> so, I don't know. I just, you know, you <laughs> can see, awesome. you know, the, he's got a couple pictures, uh, of his boy holding, um, uh, holding a couple wood ducks and, and, and a couple pictures of his boy holding that cat. And I, you know, I'm not a cat person. I'm allergic to cats. Uh, you know, I just, uh, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a dog person or whatever, but, uh, I'm an animal lover. And, uh, you know, just cause I personally don't, don't, you know, I don't have a cat. I don't want a cat. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm for anybody that has pets or whatever. And, and, uh, just, I don't know. I just think that there's a coolness to that, you know, a dad that's like, God dang it. <laughs> like, well, this thing, I guess. All morning you're sitting here hoping that that thing would just wander yep. off and <laughs> go find his mom or something like that. And it's, yep. you finally kind of get to that point, like. Well, this thing might be coming yep, home with yep. us. You know, All even right. even me, like I, I got a feeling it'd be like, I don't know what I'm doing with that, bringing it out to my brother's house or something. <laughs> right. But, but uh, I guess we're taking it. But uh, no, I, I just, I thought that was a cute, cool story. So uh, um, hats off to Bill Shimoda. So um, yeah, I guess uh, that's episode 188. Uh, uh, like I said, we apologize uh, for, the, for the week of absence, but uh, um, we should be back and firing again. So uh, we'll see you next week on 189. Later. Later.